Hello everyone, it's Chris here from the In The Saddle podcast and boy, we've got a treat in store for you today. We are interviewing the one and only Tyler Gafflione, which we believe is a British exclusive. As far as I'm aware, no one from the UK, um, no one from the racing press has spoken to him. So it's been a real privilege to uh, talk to him during this podcast and we're going to learn a lot more about him. Um, if you've been watching the coverage on uh, Sky Sports Racing in the last couple of months and you've been watching Stateside in the evenings, you would have seen Tyler ride plenty of winners at uh, Gulfstream Park. He rides there very often. He's a very much a rising star um, in the United States. He won the Preakness last year, which is one of America's Triple Crown races, and he looks like he's got a bright future uh, moving forward. But uh, we're going to be getting to know a bit more about him during the next 15 minutes or so. A few other announcements I will make before we begin Again, the podcast uh, we're now available on Apple so go and follow us if you haven't done so already on there and please um, give us a review and any feedback you got to give we're always delighted to hear what you guys have to say uh, you can follow us on Spotify as well we're now on Spotify so if that's your podcast platform of choice go and uh, check it out for those that are asking where my uh, co-host Marcus is well he's been keeping his head down during this lockdown period once uh, racing is uh, underway again and we can go back to the race course we're going to be doing plenty more podcasts with him we've got some great content some great guests uh, lined up in the future and uh, we're looking forward to going on this journey with you so it's Tyler Gaffione and I'll leave you to hear from the great man himself So uh, thank you for coming on the podcast, Tyler. We'll get into your uh, career highlights a little bit later on in this podcast. But my first question to you is, um, do you come from a racing family at all? How did you get into racing? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, my father was a jockey. My grandfather was a jockey as well. So I basically have it in my blood. Uh, I grew up on a farm down here in Florida. And we always had horses around, always had to take care of them. So it, I just fell in love with the horses at a young age, and then it just felt right to become a jockey. I had so much passion for it, and I always wanted to do so. It's been an easy transition for me. So when you were growing up and uh, aspiring to be a jockey, were you able to compete in um, pony races, for example? Over in the UK, a lot of uh, jockeys that come through often started out in uh, pony racing, or did you have to go to a racing college or a racing school? Uh, no, sir. We actually don't have uh, pony races over here, um, and we have one racing school at the North America uh, Racing Academy. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm not even sure if it's still open. But I learned from my father. Uh, took me to Ocala during the summers uh, when we didn't have school. I scalped horses starting at 10, 11 years old. I was getting on horses every morning, five, six a day. I just steadily progressed as I got older and. Uh, when I turned 16, I wanted to take out my jockey's license, but my parents made sure I finished high school first. And as soon as I graduated, that's when I went back to the racetrack and started to pursue my career. And um, when did you first uh, get your opportunity to get your first professional ride? I, it was September 5th, 2014, I believe. Yeah. I rode a horse for a uh, childhood friend of mine, um, Carly Fontana. I believe the horse's name was Count Shondor. So after you got your first ride, were you able to land a job um, 
riding out for different yards or being based with one particular trainer? How how did you go about establishing yourself? Uh, not necessarily. Um, I had my main client, uh, one person that was huge in my success my first year with a trainer down here named Ralph Nick. Mm-hmm. Uh, he kind of took me under his wing, kind of showed me the right way to do things, uh, not only on the track, but off the track. Me, it's a mental game, try to make me mentally more tough and just prepare me for a career in this game. So, I would say he was so instrumental in the early stages of my career. And I believe um, it, you rose through the ranks quite quickly. And were you um, champion apprentice in 2015? Yes, sir. Uh, like I said, I've been so fortunate and had a lot of factors along the way, but uh, everything just worked out that year. And fortunately, we were able to win the Eclipse Award. And when you won uh, your Apprentice Championship in 2015, was that a particularly competitive year? And are there a lot of uh, Apprentice Jockeys in the US competing for the same opportunities? Um, It just depends on the year, you know. Uh, sometimes we'll have two or three new riders come in at once, or it'll be a little more spaced out. It really just depends. And um, so after your uh, breakthrough year, you started to get lots more opportunities and you started to ride more big winners for more uh, noteworthy trainers. And it was last year, wasn't it, uh, that you won the Preakness Stakes on a horse called War of Will for Mark Cass, uh, which is one of America's Triple Crown races. Uh, What was it like to win one of the most famous races in uh, US racing? No, but I look back all the time and I try and think about how to put it into words, but it's almost impossible it's just a feeling that you can't describe um, like everything that you ever worked for finally paid off and this is what it is and it's what we always dreamed of doing and being on this stage and this arena you know compete with the best against the best and uh, it, it's truly it truly was amazing uh, that must have been a wonderful moment for your career um now a lot of our uh, listeners in the uk would have been watching you of late in the last couple of months on Sky Sports Racing, uh, racking up plenty of winners at Gulfstream. Would you say, even though you've grown up at um, pretty much riding at Gulfstream for most of your career, is your favourite track to ride at? Uh, not necessarily. I, I love Gulfstream. It's always going to be my home. and I feel so comfortable there. I know the track like the back of my hand, but I would say my favourite track to ride is probably Keeman. Now, that's interesting that you say Keeneland is your favourite track. Why in particular is it close to your heart? What achievements have you had there that makes it such a special place for you? Uh, the first year that I went, I went in 2018, I believe. Mm-hmm. I went for the fall meet, and we were able to capture the riding title that meet. And from then I went, from there I went to Churchill, and we won the riding title there. And the following year, last spring, we finished second in the Keeneland standings in the spring and second in the fall. We've had some decent success there. It's a very competitive meet. It's only two weeks, three weeks, and everybody from everywhere comes. So very competitive. It's a great racing, and the fans are amazing there. So when it comes to your uh, riding arrangements these days, are you based with one trainer in particular, or do you ride out for a variety of yards? Uh, no. We try and spread it out as much as possible. Um, you don't want to everything for one trainer just because you don't want to throw all your eggs in one basket 
Because mm-hmm. in, in the UK, you often, you probably would, um, I know it's probably something that's different between British and American racing, but in the UK, we tend to get maybe one jockey that will, for the majority of his ride, he'll just ride for one particular trainer. But it sounds like in the States, it's quite, quite different. It actually used to be more like that. Like when my father started riding in the late 70s, mm-hmm. he, you couldn't start riding unless you had a contract for the trainer and owner. Mm-hmm. And I believe they started to do away with that for the middle of the middle to the late 80s. And when you um you get your rides, do you have to organize something yourselves or do you have a jockey agent that helps you out to uh, get uh, spare rides? Uh, most riders over here, uh, we have agents that represent us. And um, do, do you speak to them most days and are they uh, looking through the form and that to say, they might say, hey, Tyler, you know, I've got a good, good opportunity for you here, a horse that might win. Will they try and set you up for that? Oh, yeah. My agent, he's, for me, I think he's one of the best in the country. Uh, he's always online doing his research, trying to find the best possible mounts for us. He's always in constant contact with different trainers, uh, trying to map out a plan where we're going to be this week for what this take. And I, I talk to him basically two, three times a day, uh, sometimes about business, sometimes just to talk. He's great. He handles all my business and makes my job so much easier. No, that's great. You have an agent that can uh, help you organize your rides. I wish I had an agent that uh, could help organize my diary for me. But um, when it uh, comes to being away from the race course, are you able to uh, ride the horses out on a daily basis and really get to know uh, the horses that you're hopefully going to form a bond with throughout the rest of the season? Under normal circumstances, yes. Uh, Right now, with the COVID-19 being around, Mm -hmm. uh, we have different protocols. So... Jockeys actually aren't allowed on the backside. We're not allowed to go see the horses, um, go see the trainers. Uh, we're basically just allowed to go to the track, go to the jockey room, ride, and leave. But under normal circumstances, um, I like to go out every morning, see the horses, see the trainers, just talk to everybody. I, I like to be more involved, uh, talk to the different trainers, go see the horses, uh, just kind of get an idea how they're doing. And I, I like being around the track. I love being around the horses where I feel most comfortable. Now, one of the most important issues of being a jockey is uh, keeping your weight at a consistent level. Have you ever had any issues with that at all during your career? To be honest, the most difficult time in my career as far as my weight was when I had my apprenticeship. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I I was giving up 10 pounds to everyone. I struggled a little bit the first couple months just to maintain. But after that, it's been pretty easy. I stay around 110, 111, 112 on a bad day. So. And kind of eat whatever I'd like and drink as much as I'd like. So I've been fortunate. And do you have to keep very fit? Um, is fit, Do you spend a lot of time in the gym and working really hard to maintain a good level of fitness? No, I actually never was much of a gym person until recently. I went out to California and I talked to Mike Smith and he's been on a training regime for a few years and he said that it's benefited him so much. I never felt better at this age that he could go on another 10 years riding. So... After that, I uh, looked into it a little bit, and I found a personal trainer. I've been working out three times a week. I feel great, you know. I try not to do too much heavy weight just because I don't want to build too much muscle. We say pretty fit riding every day, so I don't want to overdo it, but just try and um, make my career last as long as possible. Now, that's great that you were able to liaise with someone such as the caliber of uh, Mike Smith to help you out uh, 
with your fitness has become such an important part of being a jockey. I would say that a lot of the jockeys that I've spoken to in the UK over the last 20 years would say that fitness has been one of the most um, important things in becoming more professional as a jockey. Um, but when we uh, finally do get to resume back to some level of normality in racing and uh, the racing calendar is back to normal, what um, horses are you looking forward to for the rest of the season that you think are going to excite you going forward? I'm looking forward to this year definitely being Zulu Alpha. He won the Pegasus World Cup turf here in January. Incredible individual, big, strong horse, and can run all day. He's supposed to be coming back July 4th for the United Nations at Mammoth Park, so hopefully everything goes well and the track opens as planned. Uh, I've got Stormy for Mark Cassie and Mr. Barber. Uh, she's a two-time grade one winner, beat the boys, finished second in the Bruce Cup mile, so really looking forward to her this year. And then World Will's coming back. Uh, he was supposed to run this weekend, but I think they're going to aim for the Shoemaker Mile now later this month out in California. So there's some exciting things coming up. Wow, that must be really exciting to have those caliber of horses lined up for uh, some big races later on in the season. Uh, one thing I would like to ask you is, would you like to ride a Broadmoor? I know that you rode at uh, Royal Ascot last year, but would you like to ride in different parts of the globe? Would you like to ride more in Europe, for example? Oh, I'd love to, but um, I was actually supposed to go to Dubai this year, and unfortunately they cancelled their racing mm-hmm. due to the COVID-19, but... Uh, I've been to Qatar. I went to Qatar for the Amir Sword last year, and then I raced at Royal Ascot for Wesley Ward this past year. Mm-hmm. And do you keep an eye on uh, the different uh, spheres of racing, as it were, across the world? Is it something that re- you're really interested in? Oh, absolutely. I'm pretty close with Frankie Vittoria. I talk to him quite often. Uh, he's a good friend of mine. So. I always like to watch his rides. I'm a huge fan of Ryan Moore, Oshin Murphy, um, James. So I don't want to leave anyone out, but there's so many incredible riders over there, and you mm. can learn so much from them. So I'm a firm believer. Take everything you can. And and do you notice a difference when you've ridden abroad as well? Have you noticed that the styles may be different to American? Obviously, in in the UK, for example, we mainly for our flat season we not we're normally on the turf. We've got a few what we call all weather tracks. But have you noticed a difference when you've ridden outside of of America? Absolutely. Uh, when I went to Qatar last year, we raced the opposite way, but a lot of those guys shipped in that ride in Europe, and you know they're incredible. I follow Ryan Moore the whole way around the track, and it's a slower pace early on in the race. Um, you guys kind of conserve your horses a little more, um, but the riding is much tighter, and there's no movement. Nobody's panicking, trying to get out of the spot. Everybody's kind of protecting each other, but riding that fine line, and it's tight, but it's it's clean. You know, it's it's impressive. <laughs> Moving forward in your career. Uh, what are your ambitions and goals? Do you want to win some of those American Triple Crown races more on a consistent basis? You want to win the Kentucky Derby, the Arlington Million. What other targets have you got um, for your future? Oh, absolutely. You know, every rider wants to win the Kentucky Derby. Uh, it'd be a dream come true for me. I'd like to ride and compete and hopefully win a Breeders' Cup race one day. Um, I'd love to go to a rollout, got to win over there. That was an amazing experience. So to go back and potentially win a race would be incredible. So uh, there's a few things. I'd like to go to Hong Kong and ride Jockey Challenge one day. Um, No, I have a lot of goals and just kind of take it one step at a time.
Wow, really sounds like you've got some uh, big plans moving forward. But uh, thanks for coming on this podcast, Tyler. That's all we've got time for today. But I really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we will see you again riding some uh, winners at some of the top races in the US in the near future. We are now available on Apple, Spotify, Podbean and SoundCloud. So to not miss an episode of the In The Saddle podcast, please subscribe to one of our podcast platforms. We also as well really appreciate your feedback. So please leave a review where you can. And if you want to follow us on social media, our Twitter handle is at In The Saddle Pod. And you can also follow us on Instagram.